0: Now let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. Welcome!
1: Another edition of Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. It is a Wednesday and uh, in another instance of normalcy being applied, uh, we got our Wednesday special co-host. Billy Hull is in the house. That's right. BTS Wednesday, Billy Talk Sports, or Wing It Wednesdays. I'm not sure if the chicken sponsorship uh, came through for you there, Billy, but uh, Billy Hull of the Honolulu Star Advertiser is in the house. What's up, man? How you doing, man? Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you, too. I heard you had a bit bit of a uh, trying morning, or you had kind of a a difficult experience on the way in. Is that...
2: Well, uh, it's funny. We talk, talk about things that really shouldn't bother you that much. The <laughs> price of gasoline, for whatever reason, is something that gets to me. And I was all excited Yeah, that today. puts you in a very yeah. uh,
1: select uh, all, category there.
2: I'm all excited. I go, I get some gas on the way here. And I got the, you know, at the Chevron, it's the, uh, you get the 20 cents per gallon off. If you uh, put it in Safeway, your Safeway, a Safeway thing. Card, and yeah. I just done some grocery shopping at Safeway. We've talked about that before <laughs> but uh yeah I was all excited my gas dropped to 20 cents 459 I'm feeling good I start pumping it I get to 0.5 gallons and the thing just shuts off And I'm like, what's going on here? So I go inside, and the lady's like, oh, yeah, I had to accidentally help somebody else, and I accidentally shut yours off. You're good to go now. I'm like, but what about my $0.20 a gallon thing? I can't put it back in. I just used it, and she wouldn't let me use it. And I'm, like, all upset, and I'm like, like, what's going on here? This is ridiculous. You couldn't restart it. No, because you have to put it in again, and you have to have the credit – built up from your Safeway, how much money you spend at Safeway to get the 20 cents. I'm all like, this is what, I'm getting ripped off here. What's going on? I get back in my car and then I realize, you know, Kanoa, I'm here getting all upset over $4. What's wrong with me?
1: True, true. What but, is wrong with me? But it's, it's sometimes there are things in life that kind of grind your gears to that end or or, or areas where we are particularly fickle, <laughs> even if we aren't in, in other areas that would actually make more sense. Like To me, that kind of reminds me of uh, like how a lot of us tend to be with toothpaste, right? And you're just Just trying to like roll up the thing, the (laughs) tube to get the very last. Amount that you possibly can scrape onto your toothbrush. Why do we do that? Like it's toothpaste. Most of us go and we buy it from Costco. We have like eight other tubes just waiting, ready to go. Why do we do that?
2: I don't know. That's a great question. You know, there's like, uh, it's like when we go and you play golf, right? And like you lose a ball. (laughs) Like, no, hold up, everybody! I am not leaving till I find this ball. I'm not leaving it there.
1: That's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big time. uh, Yeah, I, I I will not, (laughs) I will not move on until I have either found my ball or a ball that I deem to be of. Equivalent or greater value yeah. in the
2: bushes or something yeah, exactly. like that. exactly. What is it? Two bucks? I mean, come on, we <laughs> yeah. can we can move on here. We can go to the You're next. You're gonna ball. lose like, the I'm, ball eventually. I'm getting all dirty. I'm scratching up my pants and everything, all looking for a two dollar golf ball. Basically. Yeah. Why
1: are we like that? I why why are we like that
2: in some instances? I don't know. The same thing too. Like I don't know. Like in the um, when you take a shower, the the shower gel you use to like soap up oh, and everything. Yeah, like yeah, along I'm the same I'm always lines. like going in there and like shaking it to get every last drop out yeah. before I move on. Just like get, yeah. get a new bottle. Dude. I like, like that with shampoo too.
1: Yeah, like just I. Gotta get the last bit of it. I gotta get the last bit of it before I just go and you know get another bottle. Like, what's the big deal? Yeah. Um, you know, this might not be along the same lines because this is probably more out of laziness than anything else. Although maybe laziness feeds into some of that too. Um, but I'm like that with uh, new clothes. If I buy like a new shirt or something, uh, I will wear it as. Oh, no. <laughs> this, is, this is terrible. Oh, no. I will wear it as no, frequently as possible it. without washing it. Because once you wash it, right, in most cases, you put, like, a new shirt in, and maybe it'll shrink a little bit or just, like, won't quite gleam as much. Uh, and so I try <laughs> – I, uh, I make sure – trust me, <laughs> Billy, I apply – all of the uh, required elements of the um, much written-about official smell test. Okay, I apply the smell test okay. before I uh, I don it at, at any point, but I I do try to get as much wear out of it before I go through the wash the first time. Okay, so give me That's a awful, give isn't me it? a number. I like- just absolutely <laughs> outed myself yeah, as being seriously. just a disaster. It's gonna be weird when you show up to do
2: your next uh, UH <laughs> game and nobody's within 20 feet of you there on a <laughs> press row. Uh <laughs> wait 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 though, How- give me a number though. That's many- why pal, LG <laughs> is down on. The the field yeah, for baseball yeah, this yeah, year. yeah, exactly. Wait, give me a number though. Like, uh, how many times will you wear a shirt before you wash it? Like a an aloha shirt. shirt,
1: like a new aloha shirt. Sure. Like, uh, like a, like a, like a, like a Ola, like yeah, sure. awesome, badass aloha shirt. Yeah. Um, I would say at least three. Oh At my least three
0: goodness.
1: times. <laughs> oh my I mean, unless it's like wait, you know, wait, wait, wait. unless it's like a particularly you know um, hot and muggy situation where you know clearly I'm like sweating in it. Then of course, like if you, you go, golfing, if the you go golfing, you're washing it after. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, okay, without okay. a doubt, without a doubt. But like if it's uh, you know if I'm wearing a long shirt to like do a game and it's nice and uh, AC'd <laughs> up in the in the arena and you know it, I don't feel like I've done much to uh, to hurt. The conditions of the shirt, and and have d- not done much to require a washing. There's no stain, visible stain. There's no, you know, odor or anything like that. Uh, I'll, I'll don it again. Wow! Maybe can I, twice.
2: Can I just <laughs> ask, like, when's the last time you washed this shirt?
1: Um, <laughs> so I'm wearing, I'm wearing a new golf shirt, uh, polo shirt. This is a uh, uh, sugar caddy, one of uh, one of my faves. Um, this is the second time I've worn oh my it, but I haven't worn it golfing before.
2: Okay, yeah, I just okay.
1: wore it like you know, like an afternoon. I just kind of went. All right, I gotta ran go. I gotta errands. go.
2: This is ridiculous.
1: <laughs> I, I, I. One time,
2: I don't care. Like, I don't care if I just wear a shirt out to like run a quick errand or something. Like, it's it's as soon as I wear it and I leave the house, it's done. When I come back, it's in the it's in the hamper. It's getting washed. Look at you, um, sorry, Jerry Seinfeld. Jeez, <laughs> I didn't realize who I was working with over here. Yeah, it helps when I don't wash my own clothes. I guess. <laughs> So, uh, oh me, my gosh, <laughs> but wait, let me, wait, let me, let me go one step further. So I, I just have to now ask about something else. Uh, bed sheets. How often do you change the bed sheets? Mr. Ooh, Lee? Uh, wow. Um,
1: 808 <laughs> <808-296-1420 laughs> 1420 is the number to call. <laughs> Wait, you have to change those out? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, man. Now we're getting a little yeah. personal, don't yeah. you think? I think there, so. Billy? I think so. Yeah. Nobody's going to want to oh, hang out I'm, with us. I'm, uh, I'm going home and I'm uh, washing my veggies <laughs> uh, immediately. All right. Uh, we need to talk about this. Um, well, first off, talk about sports because Should that's we? the show that we're doing. But we need to talk about this World Baseball Classic uh, because it was just delightful. And I've said it already a couple of times. I feel like it is the best the purest version of the game of baseball for a number of reasons obviously the novelty is a huge part of it if if the world baseball classic had a schedule like major league baseball and it was 162 games and all of this stuff then i uh, i would i would imagine that we would feel about it, the same way we feel about Major League Baseball. How you know there's some dog days of summer and that kind of stuff. Uh, but I think, yeah, the novelty is part of it. The way the players are divvied up, right, representing their home countries, uh, representing their ethnicities uh, in in many instances. Uh, I feel like it is. With the drama attached to it, the rules of the game, the one-off as opposed to series for championship stakes, uh, I feel like it is the best version. I do want to get your response to that, but uh, we do have a caller on the line, 808-296-1420. Oh, this might we be have good. Paul, and apparently Paul <laughs> wants to talk about shirts. Paul, what's up?
0: Oh, well, regarding your uh, current issue, I like it. <laughs> no, I'm, I don't know what you... Sorry. you know. Um, yeah, can I? Uh, you thank like thank the, the shirt I'm wearing right, right now, Paul? Th- thanks to Josh yeah, yeah it's excellent thank you the, thank you. the, the, the metallic is good
1: so, <laughs> clearly so. you don't have to sit next oh. to him though because I have to sit oh. next oh. to him yeah. I know it's that's radio stuff. but that's how loud this shirt is is Paul can actually like see it or at least know what it looks like alright go ahead Paul Yeah, I see, I see it from Milani
0: <laughs> you know when you pump gas do you um, squeeze the trigger before placing the the uh, uh, what is it called the nozzle, the nozzle back on yeah or do you just clank it on Wait a, minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean the pull the trigger
1: before before yes, putting the nozzle into the gas tank?
0: No, no. So you so you put in your gas, right? Okay. Yeah. And then uh, you take it out, and then you got to put it back into that cradle thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Do, do you squeeze that trigger before p- placing it back?
2: Why would so you do that? No, I think he, I, for, if, if common, I got...
0: Common courtesy, that's why, for the next person.
1: Oh, so I don't
0: know what he said. So when they... I, that's what I think. Wait, are you saying are you, are you
1: like trying to shake out sort of the leftover
0: gas? Is not that what you're trying to say? Not no, not necessarily. Next time you do it, next time you go, try it. You, you'll see that you can still squeeze the trigger. It's, it's very easily squeezed. And then you put it back in the cradle. It's, it's, it's better for the next person because... If you don't do that, the next person grabbing that it's the the, the, the trigger is gonna spring. We are still talking gasoline.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, and I There's honestly like, Paul, I don't know. Spring out. I don't know what and, he, what you're talking about I do not I r I don't I'm not really sure what you're referencing,
0: right? Try, try it next time. You, you see what I mean. But yeah. like, if you pull well, the trigger doesn't he's gas not saying shoot squeeze out? it hard enough so that the galaxy no, just, just barely just barely squeeze up. it, right? Yeah, not after you've uh filled up. You can okay. still squeeze the trigger, and it's easy to squeeze it, and then you put it back for okay. common courtesy. Anyway, uh, you yeah, know, and then new shirts. Oh, I love when they have the, oh, you know, the, the the cardboard in the in, oh, in, in, the in the collar, the collar. Uh, Oh yeah, that's scary. Oh, I like that. Oh, I like. <laughs> well,
1: I'm very, um, I'm I'm very sort of um, OCD about that. Where when I hang up an Aloha shirt, I always button the very top button, uh, because when you pull it off, then it, like you know, just wears better. Oh, and I also button, nice. you know, the little some some of them have the buttons for the collars, the corner of the collars. I'll always button those up when I hang up the shirt. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm very into that. It's just they they might not have gone through the wash.
0: <laughs> this is what I was told by a tailor. You know the small buttons, the collar buttons, and the back. Uh, the, the back um, button of the collar, you're not supposed to fasten that. You're only supposed to use that when wearing a tie, which is strange because you'll never wear a tie with a an aloha. Yeah, suit. yeah. And all weird. of them have that. Anyway, thank you. Hey, appreciate um, it, Paul. Bless, By the way, God I think bless. you're
1: overthinking the gas oh. thing. But, hey, I appreciate the call, oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Wow. See how much you care about the guy coming after you to fill their gas. I thought he was going with, because I don't know if you do this, you know, how you you fill up your tank of gas and then it clicks like you're done, right? Do you go back for that extra little squeeze to top off to like your gas thing to even out the number? Like, just to kind of no, just to kind of make it, you know, like it stops it obviously before it's completely full, but you yeah. know, there's a little. Kind left where you can put a little more gas in to get a little bit further before you have to fill up the next oh, okay. time. Do you
1: go for that last squeeze at the top? I don't. The only time I ever consider that is if it's like, you know, it lands on, uh, say, like, $59.98. And I'm like, you know, it would be great if I just get to, like, 60 You That's, know, like, just a nice round number. But every time I've tried to do that, it'll shoot up, like, $0.04. <laughs> cents and uh, and I'll, I'll miss the mark. And then i got to, like, keep going until I get to, you know yeah at least perceivably. So, um, but yeah, I forgot to ask Paul how many times uh, he potentially wears a new shirt before he puts it through the wash. <laughs> I learned a lot though. this is fun. this is a. Uh, this has been good. 808-296-1420 I- is the number. no,
2: i'm I'm still trying to figure out the squeeze thing. so like when, yeah, when I don't I know grab, what he's talking about that when I grab the 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 gas thing when I go to fill up. He's saying so you must have to leave it at the top or something instead of it instead of it out. I
1: don't really know. I don't
2: know, Liz, but that's interesting. Liz I'm going to try next time. I met it straight to the gas station, <laughs> even though I just got gas to figure this out after the show. Liz
1: is in the room next to us right now. Uh Do you know what Paul was talking about,
0: Liz? I thought I did, and then he lost me.
1: Okay, yeah, I don't really know what that extra I, squeeze. is. I, I got lost
0: about at what the extra squeeze. Like,
1: I, like, what? like, what it I,
0: accomplishes. I mean,
1: like, I don't know. Have, have you gone to the gas station? Well, you just try to pull off the nozzle, and like, all of a sudden, you can't like use the trigger. Like, I don't understand what he's saying, like, as a courtesy for the next. I just, I
2: just don't know. Well, it makes me want to learn it because I don't, I don't want to be nice to the next person. I don't want to, be, nice like to be, curteous, don't yeah. be that guy, you know? I just don't know what that guy is doing. So, the WBC, <laughs> what'd you think of it? It was great. It was great. <laughs> No, it was, uh yeah, let's get into that. It was, um I loved it. I thought, I had watched, uh, I believe it was a pool play game. It was like the Dominican Republic against Venezuela in uh, in Miami. And the atmosphere, the way those guys cared about the game, it was like game seven of the World Series, and it was a pool play game in the WBC. And so that's when I knew right there that the, the players in it were really into it, and that's how I knew this could make for some really exciting baseball. And to have... That semifinal game for Japan against Mexico and then the final against US and back to back nights go the way it did, be the way it was. It was incredible, riveting television. I think it's one of the
1: best sporting events we'll see all year. Yeah, I mean, especially just that matchup, right, with Shohei Otani and and Mike Trout. It comes down to that, right, the two teammates, these these two current legends of the game, right, two of the most popular and and best players in the sport right now, Uh, a global superstar in Shohei Otani, maybe the game's best, one of the greatest players in Mike Trout, Uh, and here they are facing off, and it was just a reminder of how much of a cyborg Show shohei otani oh. is right he just starts blowing 100 mile an hour smoke right after starting off trout with a slider he just goes fastball 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 a couple of them were swing and misses right down the pike yeah. mind you just challenging mike trout uh and then what does he do a- after it gets to three two okay three two all right mike trout has swung and missed at 200 mile an hour fastballs um uh, Shohei has has missed uh, with a slider to start him off but has just been peppering him with fastballs. So you're thinking, all right, he's just going to blow it by him again, right? He's just going to challenge Mike Trout. And what does he do on 3-2, you don't want the potential tying run to get aboard, he goes to a slider, 87 miles an hour and that thing was Painted yep. on the outside corner, swing and a miss. That was three swinging strikes by Mike Trout. Uh, I have some uh, statistics on that, so I'll get I'll, I'll drum those up and I'll get those to you. But those statistics are, are it'll blow your mind. Uh, but to me, right there, it was just like wow. That matchup was the perfect capper to what I thought was this tremendous tournament, um, this tremendous event uh, that was played in a city that doesn't seem to give a bleep about its home Major League Baseball team, and yet the stands were filled. It was as riotous an atmosphere. uh, And to me, it represents this turning point that we're at with regard to the game. Because of the influx of the various international players and their background, style of play, how they approach playing the game where it's not traditional right? It's not purist style. They will talk some junk. They will celebrate. They'll flip bats. Uh, And we are at that crossroads now of, if you are kind of that old school baseball guy, uh, you have to come to grips with the fact that this game is changing and the WBC is at the crux of that change. Very symbolic of that change. I thought it was uh, tremendous. It was just great theater.
2: Yeah, totally. It was. And and what I like and especially in today's age like i feel like we're kind of getting to the point a little bit where these athletes in these professional leagues make so much money that i'm not saying they don't care about the game but just like you know that like living or dying with every play and stuff sometimes i feel like it's lost i'll point to the nba regular season a lot of times where i think the game is kind of you know not necessarily watered down but i don't think there's just that maximum effort all the time i got to beat this team i hate these guys kind of Professional setting like we had in the, in, you know, 20 years ago with the Pistons and the Bulls and like how much they hated each other and stuff like that. And to see these athletes 100% completely care about this thing. And it meant so much to them, and they were all out there wanting to win. It was live or die with every pitch. I thought just, you know, seeing those athletes in that setting, seeing Mike Trout in that setting who hasn't been to the playoffs in forever with yeah. the Angels. And how he to,
1: celebrated in the dugout and all of that Exactly.
2: Stuff. I just thought it was just so cool to see them representing their country, completely caring and really kind of just giving it it all. And I thought that, too, is also, what made this event just so cool to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got feedback from from these players, uh, some of them with the United States, many of them international players, who, who said that you know this was something that reminded them of when they were playing baseball as a kid, like high school baseball, like went before all the contracts, before the scholarships, before it became more of a career or business decision for them. And it's like, wow, that purity mm-hmm. really was palpable. It was evident, I think, in the way uh, these players conducted themselves and I think that it is uh, also perhaps something it's it's great for baseball in general uh, and I think that it's something that uh, you, you saw some resistance to the the World Baseball Classic, uh, you had you know these these writers for Barstool Sports who were suggesting that you know this was a waste of time and Major League Baseball is is the epitome of the game and um, you know he, he feels like this is an unnecessary risk for these players uh, that that belong to these franchises that have these huge contracts to be going on the field and potentially hurting themselves like Edwin Diaz did uh, during the celebration uh, and obviously as a Mets fan I'm bummed that he got hurt but uh, to me that's just blasphemous to suggest that this isn't great for the game of baseball. And I just want to get to that statistic before we take a break. And I do want to talk a little bit more about this. Uh, but if you aren't impressed with this Shohei Otani strikeout of Mike Trout, you should be, because it was three swinging strikes for Mike Trout. Uh, that has only happened in 24 of his 6,174 oh, career Major League Baseball plate appearances. He has only struck out swinging three times, 24 four times. That's crazy. That's 0.39%. of his plate appearances so uh yeah and it was his teammate that did it to him oh man and on that stage too two yeah. outs
2: top of the night the world baseball classic championship on the line it was it was awesome
1: all right a little bit more on that when we come back i want to remind everybody domino's pizza hawaii a strong supporter of let's talk sports mike Rompel uh, with domino's hawaii has been uh, really generous with the community trying to help families fight inflation by making uh, their products a little bit more readily available and at a discount if you order online uh, you got deals up to twenty percent off on some menu price items so go check it out Uh, domino's pizza hawaii they deliver aloha and thank you for their support of let's talk sports billy hall is in the house we'll be back What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. Billy Hall on this BTS Wednesday. Billy Talk Sports or Wing it Wednesday. We haven't figured all that stuff out, but he's of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. Uh, he's in the house as well. Uh, we spend a lot of time uh, talking about um, gasoline and uh, unwashed uh, new clothing. Um, and and bedsheets in that last segment. But we did finally get to the World Baseball Classic, and we delved into that just a little bit. But there's more that I wanted to kind of unpack from that. I I felt like it was such an incredible event. Uh, It was so enjoyable to watch. Um, you know, it, it it did record numbers. I think we're still waiting on some of the official ratings numbers of last night's game. But uh, in some of the earlier round games for Japan, they were saying that as much as 50 or if not slightly more than 50% of the entire country in Japan uh, was watching uh, that, like, Japan playing in, in this tournament. Like, it's just, it's, it's crazy. So I, I'd imagine last night, you know, there were some people that were suggesting that uh, it would uh, maybe be the most watched baseball game on a global level uh, of all time. Uh, and so we're uh, still waiting on some of the uh, official, official numbers. But uh, one, uh, let's see, one report has close to four 0.5 million people watch Japan defeat U. Uh, USA uh, in Tuesday night's World Baseball Classic championship, which would be a viewership figure better than many of Major League Baseball's postseason games in 2022. So it just kind of shows this talking about, um, you know, even on American soil, how uh, this this game just resonated. I think with people and 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 this event.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, you talked about where they played it. They played it in Miami, right? And it's, uh, you know, <laughs> you can talk to the ownership group of the uh, Marlins, how hard it's been to be able to pack that stadium, even with winning a couple of uh, World Series. And that was kind of one of the things that, that stood out to me was knowing what the kind of baseball atmosphere is down there in Miami and just seeing the, the how uh, it totally changed for the World Baseball Classic and everyone came out. Like I mentioned that Venezuela-Puerto Rico game, but that Mexico-Japan game, uh, the semifinal game, it was crazy in there. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it, it's a really really cool thing i think um there's no question that there's a chance to kind of keep this momentum going um, and moving it forward. They're going to bring it back in 2026, I believe. But um, one roadblock that there might be to all of this is going to be um, the owners of Major League Baseball teams because the reality is as much fun as you and I had watching and all these people had watching last night, I think the Mets owner probably didn't have much fun watching the game last night. No one is all-star closer who I think they just signed to a huge, huge contract, if I'm not mistaken. He doesn't have him for the the season anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, you got the Astros owners, one of their best players, Jose Altuve, is not going to have him for two months. And I think, you know, there's going to be a lot of things happen. but there is going to be some pushback from the owners uh,
1: to this whole I think, thing. I think you're right. I think the, the problem there is um, the representation of the players, the players' union, which, of course, in Major League Baseball has been one of the strongest unions in all of sports, right? And I think the reaction that you're seeing from the players uh, would mean that In order to – the owners would have to put those clauses into contracts, forbidding players from playing in the World Baseball Classic. And that's probably going to have to be something that is – going to have to be negotiated uh, through the players' union. And I think the players' union is going to probably stand up on behalf of the players against uh, putting those clauses into the contracts. So it's, it's, it's essentially probably going to be something that's collectively bargained, and I'm not sure if the owners are going to be in a position to be able to bar any of, of their even big money players from, from playing in this thing. I just think that this thing has become something that means too much to the players. I just don't know how the owners are going to get beyond uh, that threshold in order to be able to put that kind of clause into contracts
2: yeah yeah that's definitely going to be huge and i think that's why it's so huge that you saw the reaction from the the players even from the united states team in this thing talking about how great it was and stuff and so look if if this you know if, if they make it work and we truly get the best players in this thing every every three years or whatever it is i mean this i think this will go down um i i I hate to put the World Cup label on it, but, like, and, you know, the World Cup is obviously just so incredibly huge – um, and it might not get to that level, but there's a chance for this to really become something special that everyone looks forward to uh, every time they do it. And 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 this the one they had this year, no question, is going to be the big springboard to that because it was it was an amazing tournament.
1: All right. So again, this is uh, U.S. numbers uh, Tuesday's Japan United States World Baseball Classic Championship game. Uh, this is uh, according to SportsMediaWatch.com. Average 4.48 million viewers on FS1, 4.97 million if you include Fox Deportes. Uh, easily the largest audience in the history of the event. I mean, by a long shot, I think the previous high was just over $3 million for the 2017 U.S.-Puerto Rico final, which was on MLB Network, ESPN, and ESPN Deportes. Um, you have, uh, let's see, including postseason play, uh, Japan's win outdrew all but one Major League Baseball game on FS1 last year. That was Game 4 of the Phillies' Padres NLCS, which averaged $4.88 million. The last regular season Major League Baseball game with a larger audience than what they saw last night night was the first Field of Dreams game. You remember that? Oh, yeah. The one played in Iowa uh, two years ago. Uh, And outside of that, no regular season game has had as many viewers since 2011. That was Yankees-Red Sox, 4.72 million. So this thing did a big number. It did a big number on cable. Uh, I think, um, you know, Josh Pacheco was one of the guys who lamented the fact that it wasn't on network TV. Uh, I would definitely have agreed that I would have liked to have seen it on network television. Um, But I don't know. Maybe this is kind of a, 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 a way that... Fox is trying to make a statement regarding, you know, because I think we're reading a lot now about the phasing out of uh, regional sports networks, RSNs as they're referred to as, and that's something that has been a huge part of the negotiation on the part of Major League Baseball and teams' individual TV contracts. Uh, I think Major League Baseball is going to be forced by some of the phasing out of those entities into trying to negotiate more of an NBA or even NFL like network television contract, but maybe this was a way of, of Fox sports saying like hey look cables still very much a viability uh, and maybe it's a, a little too soon to be um, uh, discounting the idea of regional sports networks or or things of that variety uh, going forward at least this early I don't know
2: yeah yeah, well, let, can we just agree on one thing? Whatever happens, can we get rid of the blackout issues? Can oh we get God. rid of the fact that I can't watch the Mariners play all the California yeah. teams some of the California yeah. teams? because We're, we're I 2,500 live, miles away. I, exactly, exactly. That's all we really care about. But, no, I, I totally agree. And then the last point I just want to make is, is I, don't, I can't be the only person watching the game last night that didn't think to myself, this is awesome, and next week, is opening day, and I'm pumped for the season. I like, you know, opening day always kind of comes. There's always a lot going on. It's like March Madness and stuff, and it always kind of is a special day, but... I tell you what, last night I was thinking about it the whole time, like I can't wait to get this baseball season started. I'm excited, and it just, it, it just, this level of excitement in me just shot up because of what happened. I think the timing of the tournament is perfect. I know some people complained about that, but uh, I, I'd have it right now because now get everyone ready for next week and open the day.
1: Yeah, I mean it does intrude on spring training for sure. Um, but you know, if baseball was in the Olympics, it would uh, intrude on the regular season. Uh, so you know, in lieu of baseball being a part of the Olympic games, you know, this is this is it. And I actually don't think that it's uh, that much of a Distraction. I mean, it's baseball. It's a long season. (laughs) These guys are getting some pretty interesting experience, game like uh, reps, I think, uh, playing in this tournament. So I don't really think it's uh, that much of a bad thing. I think you'll probably see some of these guys actually start out the season uh, pretty hot. Guys who are hitting well in this tournament, that gives them a little bit of a jump start. Uh, The other observation that I'd make is, um, you know, the the drama in these games, especially these these semifinal and championship games. There was no pitch clock that was applied here in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, They have mercy rules, right, which I'm a big fan of. Um, and, and so there's still thought, by virtue of the mercy rule, in, in shortening some of those games, right? If it's a blowout, maybe not having to play as as deep into the game, not having to use position players on the mound, you know, that kind of stuff. But there's no pitch clock. And I was thinking about this. Like, last night, did it ever occur to you at any point, like, were you ever thinking, gosh, this is, this is taking a long time? Hurry up, get in the box, hurry up. Like, I wasn't thinking about that at all. And then I started thinking, you know, when I watch postseason baseball, when everything is on the line, And there are stakes. To me, that time between pitches, especially in big situations, and you have a pitcher who's wiping sweat off his brow and trying to look in at the signals, and you have a hitter who's obviously feeling the tension and feeling the anxiety of what's happening. You have an extreme close-up of each, each manager, uh, (laughs) fans in the stands. Like, to me, that tension is what makes it great. And the pitch clock, I'm worried, come postseason time, uh, is going to take away. From that uh, during the regular season, I, I'm I'm all for it because you know it's hard to get excited about uh, June baseball sometimes, and and those games can drag on. But I think when there are stakes applied, um, I don't know. I'm I'm worried that that's going to feel rushed, and it's actually going to take away from the drama that I associate with with big time postseason, everything on the line baseball. Yeah, I can see that. Now,
2: I, I'm gonna. I know I'm in the minority here because I. My baseball viewing uh, experience comes from I watch one team and I watch one team every day, and that's the Seattle Mariners, obviously. And so, when you watch a team every day, what's beautiful about the sport of baseball is when you watch them day after day after day, you pick up on tendencies, you really become a fan of them, and you just have an appreciation for the game. And I'm one of the few people where it's never really bothered me uh, how long the game was. You know, it, I'm actually looking. I actually like long games because that means I'm entertained longer. You know, I always have it on the TV or whatever. Um, so, so I'm kind of in a different. Uh, give a different perspective here because it's never really bothered me. But what I'm going to find interesting is just how much the game changes because, I don't know, it just makes sense to me if you have a pitcher that has to throw the ball this quickly in a certain amount of time. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there's a limit to how many pickoff throws you can make at first base. And like, you know, that's going to make suddenly – um, I think John Smoles was talking about it on the broadcast last night. Guys are going to be able to kind of probably steal a lot more bases. Like he was saying that guys that are going to steal twice as many bases this year as they did last year and stuff, is, and it's going to change the game. And so I'm really kind of just interested to see how the game changes because you're right. Uh, the postseason last year, the World Series last year, I don't think I've ever said like, you know, this is this is just taking too long. There's just, there's just too much drama in this game. I need to shorten it up so I can go do something. And I know we might sound like the older get-off-my-lawn crowd here and a lot's gone into it. But, yeah, I, I hope it doesn't – take away from these great games we have. And real quick, I also need to shout shout out Fox because the way – they shot those last few innings where we saw Shohei back there in the bullpen, like every couple of minutes, and then they do like the, you know, have him going back to the dugout and stuff. And like from like the sixth inning, they were like doing an awesome job of like spotlighting him and, and highlighting him, and it was almost like a movie script yeah. how it built towards him coming out in the ninth inning in a one-run game. I thought uh, the broadcast last night and the way they shot it was was really awesome, and just kind of added to the whole mystique around that moment uh, in the ninth inning last yeah, night.
1: Yeah, and the analysis from John Smoltz was was so good, especially that one part where uh, he was saying he was convinced going into the tournament that the united states was going to have to outscore its opponents in order to win some fantastic <laughs> announces there <laughs> yeah. by john smoltz <laughs> yeah. Yeah. no come
2: on give give smoltz uh, some he's, love. he's accusing Randy
1: guy. Orozarena of being a grandstander <laughs> which he is but it's part of the game come on john get with the times the yeah. game is changing we'll it, take a break billy hall is in the house <laughs> what's up welcome back let's talk sports canola here in the PAXA studios in honolulu my man billy hall of the honolulu star advertiser is joining us as well as my special guest co-host for the day 808-296-1420 is the number paul called in earlier and we still don't know exactly what he was referring to talking about the trigger on the gas nozzle at gas stations and how after you're done filling up your tank uh, he says give it the extra squeeze out of consideration for the next customer and i I don't really still know yeah, what if anyone he's if anyone to. knows this please please call in and help <laughs> us out because we thinking first. about yeah, this the whole show it's, it's going to bug me forever yeah <laughs> um, because once you fill up your tank it automatically the trigger resets right you hear that like click thing and it resets like is is that what he's talking about are you supposed to give it an extra squeeze from that I, I don't I don't, yeah, I don't. We know. We need help. Clearly, know. this we is all help. we've been thinking about exactly. this whole show. Some really important stuff <laughs> yes. that we need to get to the bottom <laughs> of here. Uh, all right. Speaking of getting to the bottom of something, uh, I got some questions here in the Bucket O' Topics. Do you want to dive into that there, Billy? Let's do it. All right. Um, it's the Bucket O' Topics. Uh, we were just celebrating St. Patrick's Day. Uh, do your best Irish accent talking about I... grabbing a question from the Bucket O' Topics. No, I'm not doing it. Let's go. Come on, man. Uh, Are you the luck of the Irish? <laughs> All right, that that's not that bad. Was huh? not bad. The first we, time I tried it, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah. We, a little we practiced better. it in the break, and you sounded you know, like you were Jamaican. This is why this
2: this is why I write for a living. <laughs> I don't talk for a living. <laughs> this, this is all. This is your. This is your expertise.
1: All right, first question out of the bucket: Marcus Mariota to the Philadelphia Eagles. Good move or bad move, Billy? I think it's a good move. I think
2: um, I think Marcus has proven that he's a quality backup. He can step in there and play well for you. Great situation for him to be in, right? You got Jalen Hurts, you got that offense, the way they run the ball, the way they spread it around. I kind of like the fit for Marcus. I think it's a good move. I think uh, the Eagles probably felt the same way, and yeah, I think this is a win all the way around.
1: They had a pretty good backup in Gardner Minshew, right? And they had to rely on him a little bit. I actually think Marcus Mariota absolutely fits as a yeah. backup for this offense. Much better. Uh, I love this move, as a matter of fact. Uh, and what makes him a better fit than Gardner Minshew is, is the, the skill set that you're talking about, right? Yep. He gives Nick Sirianni, Brian Johnson the luxury of basically not having to like tear up the playbook if he replaces Hurts for a series or a game or even longer. Uh, one thing about Marcus, right? I mean, you can criticize his play as being at times inconsistent turnovers have sometimes been an issue, but he's a smart guy. He's a good guy. He's solid. He's efficient. He's good in the locker room. He's an experienced quarterback. And when you look at his throwing numbers for the Falcons last year, at least as far as the the data points are concerned, not that bad. 15 TDs, nine interceptions, 88.2 passer rating. But the most important thing uh, that that makes him, I think, such a good fit, uh, he ran the second most RPO plays in the NFL last year with 133, only 15 fewer than Hertz, and in two fewer starts. So uh, Mariota, I think, uh, took off and ran uh, twice as often as Hertz on RPOs, and so uh, they're able to still run that offense. And I think that's important when you have a, a backup quarterback. So um, yeah, I think that's a, a great fit, and she's—he's on a Super Bowl
2: contender. That's not too shabby either. Yeah, perfect for him. You know what he's going to have to practice though? He's going to have to get in there and get going on those quarterback sneaks because uh, they'll be running those all the time with the way they mastered the third and one, fourth and one, <laughs> rugby style uh, quarterback sneaks. That I last I heard that they were actually talking about banning. Yeah, running the run playing. I think they're going to end
1: up doing that. I'm not sure if it's going to be before this next season or not. But uh, yeah. I don't agree with that. It's I a mean, bit they, of a cheat code maybe, but yeah.
2: I, just let them do it. Yeah, let exactly. them do it. You know, you get the third and one, fourth and one. You know, get a chance to go. You can stop it every once <laughs> in a while. It's your guys versus stopped. our guys. Yeah, exactly. Do it. Exactly.
1: Yeah, it exactly. reminds me of like summer camp tug, of, uh, like uh, tug, like what tug of war tug- or tug of war. Yeah, tug of war. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just it reminds like that. me that just like get all your, <laughs> your biggest guys and just like whoever can pull it one way or the other. Why was that so difficult for me to I think have of? no idea.
2: But yeah, yeah, no, I think um yeah, the, the idea that we would ban that because it's like so successful. I'm I, I don't I don't like that at all. But yeah, great fit. Uh Marcus, perfect offense for him. Um obviously they're hoping Jalen Hurts is gonna be the one playing all year. But yeah, if something actually has to happen, I think Marcus at this point is still capable of going in there and winning games and making the playoffs and doing all that. So awesome for him, man. Happy, all right. always happy for Marcus.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's a good dude. We're always rooting him on. All right, I'll reach in for For the next question out of the bucket, O Topics, is there anything that surprises you about the Hawaii basketball transfer portal news? All right. Not much in the way of transfers coming in as far as those reports are concerned, but some news about some guys who have entered the transfer portals or Ned Justice Jackson. Today, we just saw uh, on Twitter a report that Beyond Riley has entered the transfer portal. Anything that surprises you so far, Billy? That took a minute. You had to really dig deep into the bucket. Yeah, to get yeah. That question. It took a while. Yeah. Um, no,
2: actually, not really. I think this is the way it is. And I, th- you know, I think the reality is that the, the coaching staff has to know that they need to be active and get into that transfer portal and be able to kind of fill fill these spots with guys that aren't, you know, just like you know, run of the mill guys that happen to be in the portal, but actually solid players in the portal. The the portal's the way you play the game now. You look at the NCAA tournament, you see, you know, year after year how different these teams are now, and and you're also seeing now how some of these teams, I don't think it's a coincidence incidents that these lower-seeded teams are kind of coming into the tournament, being these higher-seeded teams. I think the, the portals open the door for some of these next, not necessarily the power programs to, to build some really good good squads. And so, hopefully, the uh, coaching staff is monitoring. and They're in there right now. I'm sure they're doing this. And um, you know, yeah, you might lose a few players, but hopefully, you're going to be able to add yeah. players too, because that's the whole game, name of the game, right now. Yeah,
1: and they do have some some guys incoming. I was talking more about like in the last couple of weeks, uh, uh, some of the news in the transfer portal, and it's gonna it's a, it's a two-way revolving door, right? So you're gonna have guys. We're going to leave every year, you're going to have to be challenged to try to bring transfers uh, in, right? The, the, the transfer portal is, is one of the new names of the game. And so, uh, yeah, not not much in the way of being surprised. Uh, I think when you talk about a guy like Zornet or Justice Jackson, probably thinking like, hey, look, um, you know, th- there, there may be a place elsewhere where uh, we can get a little bit more in the way of, of minutes played. Uh, Beyond Riley was one that uh, surprised me just a little bit because I felt like uh, he really carved out a role for himself uh with the the university of hawaii and the way they used him guarding multiple positions he became a pretty important factor for that team uh for sure so uh you know obviously best wishes uh, to him that was the news that uh, was reported here today uh but um but yeah we'll uh, we'll see how it all shakes out
2: yeah it's interesting you know i, I haven't really thought about it a whole lot but you have to wonder now with coaches where you know you're out there during the season or whatever and you're, you're playing your guys and you're trying to win but isn't that be in the back of your head if you've got, say, a guy that you think is going to be really good for you but maybe he's young and he's just going to take a year, but you also know in the back of your head, if, if he doesn't play a lot, if, if I don't make him happy, I might, might lose him and he's a big part of my future plans, how that now might have to weigh into your decision on your rotations and how to play guys and keep people happy and stuff like that. So, it's 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 made, um you know, I think it's actually a good thing for college basketball, but definitely um, has made things a little tougher on these uh, coaches.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. You have to continue to re-recruit players yeah. and so um, you know that's something that uh, I, I think is is a challenge right I mean you're always having to think about recruiting when you're a college coach but now it's like you don't have to consider re-recruiting all the players that you're on uh, that are on your team and there was always an element of that in the past but now with the transfer portal and and you know the the lack of um, you know, uh, years that are taken off when you do transfer for the first time, um, you know, there is no penalty there. And, and, and so it's it's made it this, this wild, wild west uh, type of uh, mentality. But uh, just wanted to throw in that uh, Hawaii has uh, gotten a... Um, Uh, commitment obviously previously uh, from a uh, yale uh, wing shooter in matthew cotton a six foot five inch uh, 200 pounder uh, transferring in again from yale and uh, he will earn his bachelor's degree in may and then enroll at uh in june so that's some of the incoming news uh here for hawaii as uh, we were reporting some of the outgoing players that were entering the portal
2: yeah good to talk a little college basketball i wanted to ask you how's your bracket
1: oh it's busted
0: it's It's busted busted.
1: i have uh, five of eight remaining teams uh, in the Elite Eight. Um, My championship game uh, still is um, intact. There's still a possibility that I could uh, see this championship game uh, between Alabama and UCLA. Uh, But uh, Purdue killed me. Arizona killed me. Uh, Obviously, I uh, also had Kansas making it a little farther uh, than they did. But um, you you actually, despite Weird. Getting creamed by Arizona yes. because you had them winning the whole thing. I did. Uh, you still have an elite eight that's doing all right. Huh? And, and I should have known that you don't take the Pac-12
2: champion. They, they, I think they don't, don't do well in the past. But somehow I have a chance to have seven out of the eight uh, elite eight teams. I had Miami going far. I had Tennessee going far. That's so good. we got some games coming up. But when you lose your winner. They don't win one game in the tournament. They lose with yeah. 15 seed. That's tough. I
1: was a big fan of uh, Arkansas. Saw them on Maui, and yeah. I was convinced. I was telling you about it earlier yeah. in the year. I was like, I think Arkansas is the best team uh, potentially in the country. Like I would have picked them to win the whole thing at the beginning of the tournament. Uh, but not long after the Maui Invitational, they ended up uh, losing Trevin Brazil. This like freaky, uh, you know, athletic post player. Some of his dunks have already been like ESPN uh, Sports Center top ten type plays. And I just thought, wow, that was kind of a big loss for them. But they're still playing some darn good basketball. That's a good team. I just hope that Eric Musselman keeps his shirt on uh, the rest of the tournament because that was not something that was pleasant to see. Well,
2: this is a good lesson for us because I was the UCLA guy. I was all aboard UCLA. I thought they had a chance to go, and they lost Jaden Clark, their uh, best uh, defensive perimeter player, uh, and I thought that would hurt them. And yet... There's a good chance Arkansas and UCLA are going to be going very far, so uh, maybe we should stick with our, you know, injury. Yes, it happens. Maybe we should stick with our original. Uh, yeah, guns, yeah. You know what I mean? You're
1: right. You're right. By the way, thanks for uh, steering us completely off of the bucket of topics. You just started throwing out your own questions, and now we're talking about what you want to talk just about. Just comes in and starts producing the, the, the show. <laughs> yeah, just starts producing the show. I'm just sitting here. Oh man, with his very half-hearted attempt at an Irish accent, and then Billy just comes in and just starts, you know, bull in the china shop stuff over here, just taking over. So you know what? We're going to try to restore order. We're going to take a break Uh, more or less talk sports when we come back oh Billy is Billy is dancing this is like your favorite you love this this song this is what they play the intros for Rainbow Warrior Volleyball we've definitely talked about that that's why it's part of our Bumper Music playlist and it's great.
2: It is great. I mean, it's volleyball. Men's volleyball is the one time I make sure to get there early, just to be able to see this. And the guys have a lot of fun with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well,
2: there's there's a couple. Uh,
1: do you like the banana
2: thing? The, the, the banana Yaka was interesting.
1: The thin banana thing. I noticed that they didn't do it. the
2: next They didn't night. do it uh, that, yes. that Saturday night. And I yeah. wonder if
1: they had a little talking to. <laughs> that might have been part of that <laughs> players-only meeting. Like, no bananas. <laughs> We're banning bananas from the intros. All right, uh, time for our best and worst. Uh, you wanted to start with, oh, or you want me to start with the best, alright? Yeah. Okay, we're gonna set it up this way. My best is, I don't know if you read about this, uh, it was in your newspaper, Hawaii Kills It at the annual National Student Television Network Media Competition in Long Beach over the weekend. Uh, Hawaii has some really great resources. Uh, one of them is the Hikino program at PBS, and a good friend of mine, a guy who used to produce Leahy and Leahy when it was over there, Robert Pennybacker, uh, is the, the guy who is sort of the the behind uh, that program and i think that's one of the many that feeds into uh are having just some really talented young people when it comes to multimedia and uh, uh media uh, endeavors in general so congratulations hawaii is represented really well in this competition it was the first time that they were able to travel once again post pandemic uh, to participate and uh they ended up cleaning up over 20 percent of the awards. so congrats to them impressive
2: impressive my best i gotta shout out the star advertiser go pick up a copy. I do the Hawaii Grown Report every week. I get to talk to these different athletes and Alicia Mae Mateo is a senior at BYU on the women's golf team. A Mary Noel alumna um, was an awesome person to talk to yesterday. Like The sweetest person ever. Just like, you know, you're talking to a stranger. A reporter's trying to talk to you on Zoom. You don't, She doesn't know who I am, but it was just so awesome to talk to. She's won a couple events in her career. They're coming here uh, to play over on the Kanapalia golf course for a tournament next week. Um, like I said, BYU golfer, just really awesome girl. She's been really good. She was the Player of the Year in the WCC two years ago, having another stellar year just thought, uh, such a cool conversation with her yesterday, so she's my
1: best today. Uh, That's Uh, terrific. Very, very good. Thank you for sharing that. We will now move over to our worst. And uh, Do you know who the all-time leading scorer in college basketball is on the men's side, Billy? Is it... uh, I do not. Who is it? Uh, Were you going to say Pete Maravich? Yes, yes it is. Uh, And it still is because Antoine Davis of Detroit Mercy uh, falls just short of the all-time NCAA scoring record in his career. Uh, He was four points shy of setting the all-time record, uh, but he's not going to get a chance or didn't get a chance because his team wasn't invited to play in the CBI. They weren't good enough to get into the NIT or the NCAA. Didn't get invited to the CBI. Uh, He claimed that he felt like he got cheated out of the opportunity to set the record. Uh, The problem is Detroit Mercy went 14-19 and (laughs) this year. Uh, Also, Pete Maravich set the record of uh, 3,667 points playing in three seasons in college basketball without a three-point line. Antoine Davis played five years with a three-point line.
2: Yeah, some of these records that we that we so much is so good. All right, we got like ten
1: seconds. So, uh, what is your oh, my uh, what worst is your worst? Is the
2: weather stay away? We got to go golfing, and I'm gonna make you wash that shirt when we're done tonight. And that's more of a best. See you later. <laughs>